With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. It is our number two of the Lombardi Line. We're presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe out here at the Circle Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi in the great state of New Jersey. Fun first hour. We have a fun second hour planned for you guys as well. 15 minutes from now, Mike Somich, professional handicapper, will join us. We'll discuss some preseason win total bets and some preseason bets. Also, he's got a couple of baseball plays as well. Then 30 minutes from now, in studio, Mike Palm, VP of Operations at the Circle Resort and Casino. Palm's pressing three coming up 45 minutes from right now. But, Michael, we do have some of the BetMGM insights, an updated list here for the most bet overs the most bet unders for nfl season win totals and i want to start with the most bet overs because i'm a positive guy let's start with the positive let's see what people are are liking here in, in the uh, in the nfl world but right now in terms of the tickets the new england patriots have the most tickets with the most bet over at seven and a half broncos eight and a half and the commanders sitting at six and a half those are the top three most bet regular season win total overs at BetMGM. I like all three, actually. I like the Patriots over seven and a half. I think that's going to happen. The Commanders should. They won eight games last year. Now everybody's mm-hmm. talking about, well, Sam Howell, if they watched the games last year, the quarterback play was – Sam Howell can't be any worse than the quarterback play they got last year, including with, with Carson Wentz and then Heineke, who turned the ball over in the red zone too many times. So uh, now can they – I worry about Rivera. I worry about this whole staff. but. Yeah. I do think, to me, they should win eight games. I mean, they should get the seven wins, which cashes your ticket. Yeah, this Rivera thing, because uh, I'm right there with you. I like the team, the commanders, and I think there's upside for this team to actually be a playoff caliber team. But this, the recent Rivera stuff, like, I don't know what's going on. That would be my only apprehension to betting the over on the commanders there because if they don't have that program in line, like this can get off the rails really quickly because the schedule is no easy feat. Like there's three really good teams in that division and they also have to play the AFC East. If they don't have everything clicking on all cylinders and they have a coach that has no idea what he's doing, it it could spell trouble. Well, I mean, I think he, you know, I mean, he, he's got a disconnected team more than not knowing what he's doing. I mean, he doesn't seem like he's a head coach. Like he's got no accountability over to the offense, none to the defense and none to the special teams. He's just like an observer. 
You know, so like if, if he doesn't like what the enemy's doing, then tell him. He doesn't like what with that's he's in charge of winning. He's the guardian of winning for the program. Like I don't know what he's what he's waiting on doing, right? Yeah. So for me, it, their talent should be more than six and a half wins. I think the Patriots should be more than seven and a half. They're, the Patriots, people don't realize they're good on defense. Yep. They added coverage guys. They've added more speed to their defense. Their front's good. Uche can really come off the edge. I think their linebacking core is improved. They still need another one. But this is a better team than you think. So, And the Broncos, look, the Broncos last year had so many opportunities. to. They lost three overtime games last year. So they're And we know that Sean Payton's a better coach than Nathaniel Hackett. We know that. Mm-hmm. Now, whether they can win nine, it's going to be harder. I don't think the quarterback play is going to be what we think it is. I think they're going to have to work around that. But I do think they should get to nine wins. How about the most bet overs in terms of the handle? So the commanders are still there. They're the, the number one team in terms of the handle there uh, for an over. The Patriots are number two. It's a little bit different than the ticket percentages. But the number three team is the Pittsburgh Steelers, over eight and a half. So it might not have the most tickets, but it has the third most money people back in Pittsburgh to go over that number because, once again, Mike Tomlin has never been – below 500 in his coaching career. That's a stat that we've heard all throughout the offseason. Uh, what do you make of Pittsburgh getting a lot of money to go over eight and a half? Well, I think it's the right play. I think Pittsburgh's a good team. I think Pittsburgh-Cleveland, I think everybody's just given the Bengals the title. And they're they're saying the Ravens are going to be back. I, I think this is, a real, this is the most competitive division in all of football. Mm-hmm. And all four teams could win. And all four teams could miss the playoffs. I mean, one of the four. I want somebody's going to make it because they're going to beat up on one another. But this Steeler team, seven and two over the last nine games of the season, held their opponents to 13 points. If you throw out the one game against the Bengals where they scored 35, other than that, they played all the love that Detroit gets. The Steelers should be getting more, mm-hmm. right? If the Steelers were in the a- NFC North, they would be the favorite. Because yeah. they went into Carolina and whooped Carolina. The, the, the Lions couldn't even come close to beating Carolina. This Steeler defense is legit. They've improved. They've had a really good offseason. Their offensive line will get better. And the one thing we saw with Mike Tomlin was he gets his teams better. Yeah, and I think the, the only reason why I think we have Pittsburgh's win total at 8.5 versus, say, 9.5 is just because of the division and everybody seems to be high on all four of the teams. <laughs> you know, it's like it's yeah. like somebody has to have the lowest win total. Cincinnati, they've actually ticked down a little bit. They were at 11.5, now 10.5. Baltimore's gone up from 8.5 to 10.5 because it was sitting at 8.5 when there was uncertainty about whether Lamar was going to be the quarterback or not. But once it was established and he got his contract, they shot right up to 10.5. And, and then Cleveland is a team that you've talked about as well that you like with the Browns and what that roster looks like. So There's no excuse for Cleveland. There's no excuses yeah. left for Cleveland. I mean, they've got everything they should have. They've got a really good – they've got a defense. They can rush. They can run the football. You know, they've got enough playmakers on offense. they got a quarterback they paid $250 million to. There's no more excuses. There's just no more. They should be able – and they got to win close games. Now, Cade York has got to make some kicks, mm-hmm. but they got to win some games. they got to win these close games. Yeah, I believe he missed a kick in the Hall of Fame game. Isn't that correct? <laughs> I think he might have missed one in that game last Thursday against the Jets. <clears throat> so Yeah. I mean, look, he's got a, he's got, a, they, they can't afford to make mistakes because the, the, the thing I will say 
Two years in a row, the Bengals start five and four. I don't think you can start five and four in the North. I think it's going to cost you. Just like Pittsburgh's bad start cost them. Detroit's bad start cost them. Mm -hmm. Because Pittsburgh and Detroit were both playoff teams at the end of the season. They didn't make the playoffs because of their bad starts. 100%. 100%. In Pittsburgh, yeah, I think those those Trubisky games, I think the game that Pittsburgh's kicking themselves about is that game against the Jets. When they had the lead heading yeah. into that fourth quarter, they let Zach Wilson lead two touchdown drives. They end up losing that game. Had they won that game, they make the playoffs. That's a home game against the Jets. You're a favorite. you got to win that football game, and that's how seasons I mean, can look, be defined. Look, they're driving the ball in the Miami game. You know, with Miami had two on the field. People forget this. But Pickett throws an intercept. I mean, they turned the ball over way too mm-hmm. much in the game. But they stopped that. The second half of the season, they stopped turning the ball over. They only turned it over twice in nine games. Yeah. So, you know, that they've corrected the mistakes. So you can't – I could see why people are betting their over total. 100%. Let's get to the most bet unders. From the ticket perspective, you have the Cardinals as the most bet under. Their win total is at 4.5. The Raiders yeah, have not down to 5.5 here, and then the Bucks at 6.5. The Raiders are five. Are they not six and a half on the win total? I believe they're five and a half. Oh, they got down as low as five and a half, but they've been bought up to six and a half. But at one point at Benham Gym, they were down to five and a half. Yeah. I, I think, you know, the Raiders offensively can move the football. Now, Garoppolo's got to stay healthy. That's going to be a key part. But they can move the football. I mean, remember, they moved the football with Jarrett Stidham against the 49ers last year. Mm-hmm. And I think the Raiders will be better on defense. Again, the problem is they're in a division that's going to be really challenging. You know, it's funny. The Raiders get no love, and Denver gets all the love. And the Raiders beat Denver twice last year. Yeah. But what's the latest with Tyree Wilson? Are we going to see him on the field? I think they're going to see him pretty soon, yeah. I mean, that's my understanding. Okay. I think he'll get out there. Look, they got you know, they're, they're much improved defensively. They're smarter. They'll, they'll understand what they're doing. Does that mean they're more talented? I don't know. I think that's going to be remains. They still need Marcus Peters is, is, is going to help them a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're gonna need to. They're gonna need to get Josh Jacobs back in there, and if Garoppolo plays like he did last year, sixteen touchdowns, four interceptions, they'll win their share of games. They've got the two best kickers in the league. They got a great field goal kicker, and they got a great punter. Yeah. So, so you like the over on the Raiders? The the, the betting market loves the under. They have the, the the biggest handle is on Raiders under five and a half. There, Bucks under six and a half. Cardinals under four and a half. And it's easy to see the Bucks and the Cardinals. It's like okay, like quarterback uncertainty we don't know the cardinals it's gonna be colt mccoy we believe but there's been whispers that clayton yeah. tune might be a, a factor in this as well and then on, on the on the tampa side there's i mean the, the cardinals have no yeah. the talent level on the cardinals roster is not for, i mean they moved they moved isaiah simmons back to safety how's that gonna that. work out yeah, i saw that that's maybe I mean, that, maybe that was his natural the position. box the whole time Maybe that was his natural position because he, he looked confused at linebacker at that time. So, well, he's no. coming. Let me ask you this. If you're confused at linebacker, how are you not confused at safety? <laughs> Remains to be seen. But Gannon has a, has a plan for him, I guess. The, the, Jonathan we'll Gannon and that, and that coaching staff that I think that the, the, the median age, I might, might be like 34 or something like that. A bunch of young guys. <laughs> might, might be fun to have beers with them. Who knows? Uh, Tampa, though, six and a half. I get it. I could see the Tampa. I mean, yeah. <laughs> look, Tampa's good on defense, but they have no depth. And offensively, yeah. you know, the quarterback situation, the quarterback situation will be challenging. I, I think that's the big issue. And if they go with Baker and they turn the ball, look, if Trash just protects the ball, he'll win the job. Mm-hmm. Well, let's say Trask wins the job. What if he's good? Like, how good? 
I, I like, mean, like explain good. Uh, like, let's say he's an average quarterback, and we like we all thought that because like right now he's being lined like he's a terrible quarterback because they still have a lot right. of those veteran guys there. I mean, Mike Evans is there, Chris Godwin is there. Offensive line has lost some pieces, but it's not like the worst offensive line in football. And on defense, Vita Vea, Levante David, you know, like they, they Carlton Davis. Well, this offensive Antoine. line, Femi. This offensive line last year they did thirty twos across the board. They were 32 in rushing yeah. attempts, 32 in the rushing yards, 32 in rushing average, 32 in rushing touchdowns. Like, I don't know how you can get any worse but, than that. Well, I well, mean, I mean they, a, a large portion of that was without their center, though, Ryan Jensen, who's a good player. You know, like now he's, he's back. Not, so if he played, they're going to go from 32 to 30. I mean, they were bad. That <laughs> offensive line was bad last year. I mean, they cut Donovan Smith. You know, they, they, they're, they're, it's going to be a work in progress. They really are. I mean, and, and look – Brady had to get rid of the ball in like ridiculous fat quickly. Yeah. No, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Just kind of think it's like sometimes we don't go through all the scenarios. I'm like, what what happens in the scenario that Kyle Trask is better than what we if think? If Kyle he is? Trask is good, you know what that means? They got two more years to evaluate how good. Yeah, that's probably the correct answer. On the other side, Mike Samich, professional handicapper, will talk all things preseason and have some MLB bets as well here on the Lombardi. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
It's football season, and bettors know that this is when the money is made. Nobody knows football like VEASAN, and now is the time to become a VEASAN subscriber and get our comprehensive college and NFL guides. Only VEASAN subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Sign up today for $199. You'll receive both guides and full VEASAN access all the way through the Super Bowl or or join us for $19 for your first month and see everything VEASAN has to up your betting game. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line, and we are presented by BetMGM. Michael Lombardi out in New Jersey. Femi Abebefe hanging out in Las Vegas 15 minutes from now. Mike Palm, VP of Operations here at Circa, will join us in studio We'll get to Palms pressing three to wrap up the show. But joining us right now, professional handicapper Mike Somich. You can check him out on Twitter at Somobomb18. Mike, we appreciate you joining us here this morning on the Lombardi line. And let's get right into it, man. Preseason week one underway tonight. We have the Texans visiting the Patriots. Houston right now, three and a half point favorites. That total is around 37 or so. How are you attacking this game in Foxborough later this evening? Well, I was surprised to hear we're going to get some C.J. Stroud in our life tonight. So he's going to be starting for Houston tonight. We got a lot of the starters going for Houston. Uh, not as many stars. We're not expecting to see Mac Jones, a couple of the Patriots' top-tier players. Uh, to me, this just screams an over here. I think C.J. Stroud's going to have some success early with his starting lineup against the second team from the New England Patriots. And then late, I like the Patriots here because you're going to see uh, Zappi in there, who I think is interesting, and Malik Cunningham some in the second half as well, who should be able to move the football. So when I took it, a look at this, I, I kind of have positives for both teams, but to me, the over 37.5 is where I want to land. I think you're going to see success early from Houston on the offensive side of the ball and success late from the Patriots on the offensive side of the ball, and that should push us, push us to 38 or more points in this game. I also sprinkled a little bit at six to one for Houston to win the first half and the Patriots to win the game because I do think there are significant mm. edges for Houston early and New England late. It's also a game I'll be looking at playing New England second half if I can uh, get it somewhere in the less than laying a three number in the second half with New England. Mike, talk about your strategy typically when it comes preseason games and how you approach it. I mean, first and foremost, don't go crazy. <laughs> uh, these are not regular season NFL games. The goal of every team is not necessarily to win. It's to get run for their specific players. What I like to do is, is first and foremost, like any other NFL game, you got to look at the quarterback and the coaches. Some coaches take these games differently in the preseason. They're much more interested in winning or some are not interested in winning at all. They just simply want to get the reps for younger players. So for me, you got to look at the coaches. You got to look at the quarterbacks and then take a step forward from there. I'm generally an underplayer in the preseason. I generally expect the defenses to be ahead of the offenses, specifically early. But this game leans toward that over for me because of the quarterback matchups and the fact that I expect them both to be able to move the football at different portions of the game. But the number one thing for me in preseason is don't go crazy. You know, I'm betting about two, about 20% of my normal unit on preseason games versus the regular season games. And then secondly, you know, in-game betting not as effective. That's the other thing for me. I bet a lot in-game. Preseason in-game betting just not nearly as effective because you're not sure when players are going to be in or out of that game. But we're speaking with Mike Somich, yeah, your professional handicapper. Then, Michael, you wanted to add a point? No, I think he's right. I mean, you just don't know. And then when you get the second half, it's, it's you know, hold on to your tail because you're not sure exactly what's going on. But I do think, you know, you, you've got to rely on the coaches, the execution, and who's been practicing at a higher level than the other teams. You know, it's be fun to see. I, I don't think Houston has practiced at a high level. Uh, I kind of think they're waiting for the, the games to kind of get their really padded work. 
So we'll be interested to see what they look like and how they handle it. I mean, last year when Jacksonville went to play the Raiders in a preseason game in the Hall of Fame, Jacksonville didn't really practice before that, and the Raiders had, and so they looked like the better team. Yeah. Well, Mike, I want to ask you a follow-up because you talked about how like you look at which coaches take this a little bit more seriously than other ones. How do you kind of factor in the first-year head coach? Like We've never seen D'Amico Ryans be a head coach of a football team. We've never seen Shane Steichen in the Indianapolis Colts case, and we've never seen Jonathan Gannon in the Arizona Cardinals case. Like, How do you handle those teams? Because I guess from my anecdotal experience, I'm like, oh, those coaches usually like to establish that winning culture early and maybe might try harder in the preseason game. Do you agree with that? Or do sometimes it's just whatever coach they decide to do, whatever they want to do. I think it depends on the coach. I think generally your philosophy is correct. The first year coaches are going to be more aggressive in the preseason and try and get wins, especially if they're taking over organizations that have not won a lot in the past. So Houston, a great example there. I think the intensity level of the coaches matters a lot. Like you see someone like Dan Campbell, you see someone like Robert Slott take over the, the, the lions or the jets. Those are intensity coaches. They're going to have their team more ready for a preseason style game. When you see more offensive mind coaches, I don't expect them to have their players ready for a preseason game as much because they're not as worried about the rah-rah style of coaching that you see from guys like Robert Salah and Dan Campbell. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Texans, D'Amico Ryans, I would expect this is a team that is ready to go, especially because they are starting their, their starters here week one. I think he wants to get this tenure off on a good foot. So I expect the Texas to come out and play well here, but in general, defensive minded coaches to me are generally the ones that you want to be playing when they're taking over a roster in the preseason. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I, I don't disagree with that. I think sometimes, you know, we, and the other thing is we think that the under is always going to hit when sometimes these offenses are a little bit ahead of the defenses because they can actually execute. But I agree with, with, with the, the sentiment that, that D'Amico needs to get some kind of culture of winning down there and make the team feel good about themselves, and especially with a rookie quarterback. Yeah, and we've seen the market react that way. This opened one and a half Houston now, three and a half point favors kickoff later at four o'clock West Coast time, seven o'clock Eastern. Uh, the the nightcap is in the Pacific Northwest. Seahawks hosting the Vikings. Seattle three and a half point favorites. Total thirty five. Uh, what are you looking to bet in this game? It's the spot where I think. It, I think this should be around a pick 'em. I don't think you have either team having a massive advantage in this spot. I'm not expecting a lot out of Seattle. And they've had a rash of injuries at the running back position, which is generally one of the more important positions in preseason football. I realize quarterback obviously dominates the conversation, but you see more vanilla style offenses. You see a lot of runs in different situations during the preseason. So I look at the running back room and specifically the running back room in Seattle. I think they're going to struggle to move the football on the ground today. They've had four running backs that have already gotten injured. They're trying to bring back another back from injury last year. So that's a specific weak point. And on the other side, the Vikings have a deep running back room, even with letting Cook go. They've got guys for the second and third string who I think are really interesting. Specifically, uh, they've got one guy here coming over from the XFL, Abram Smith, who was an absolute stud there. I'm excited to see him play today. I took the plus three and a half here with the Vikings. I think that they should this should be closer to a pick 'em. So I was willing to take a little bit of a little bite off the Vikings apple. A- Abram Smith was the pride of Baylor. I mean, he he was at Baylor. <laughs> Uh, and was number was running the ball really well for them, and it, it kind of got lost, and then he got hurt. He's an interesting player. I agree with you. He he kind of is. And the thing I'm looking for at Minnesota is what are they going to be like on defense, and how is their defense going to play? They they've got to get some of those young players to come through for them, especially the Blackman kid who they drafted in the third round. 
It's going to be interesting to see what they do on the defensive side of the ball here. We all know about their struggles last year, specifically in the secondary. I would expect you're going to see a pretty spirited effort from the Vikings here. They also were atrocious last year in the preseason, 0-3. I don't think that they want to have that kind of start. I think they want to get all systems going, especially on the defensive side of the ball, like you said, Michael. It's very important for them to be able to play defense in that division where you have three, maybe four very good offenses, or at least offenses that can move the football. Mike, we got a couple minutes left here. I know you have some plays in Major League Baseball. Looks like one of the games has actually already started here, the Blue Jays-Guardians game. And you liked the Blue Jays' first five laying a half a run there in that one, minus 105. But what about in this game with the Phillies? They're taking on the Washington Nationals. Phillies, of course, coming off of the no-hitter by Michael Lorenzen last night. Awesome scene out there in Philadelphia. They host the Nats today right now, minus 250 on the money line at BetMGM. <laughs> the Nats plus 200, total sitting at nine. What do you like in this game? That was a phenomenal scene last night in Philly. It was really cool to see his his mother and his wife both be able to be at that game. And they were cutting back and forth between mm. uh, between Lorenzen and his mother and wife. It was an awesome scene there. One of the reasons you love sports. Uh, I think the Phillies keep it rolling today. If you look at this, uh, I'm not willing to lay the minus 250. I think that's way too big of a number in this spot. We've talked about Patrick Corbett on this show before. One of the worst starting pitchers that has a job in baseball over the last three seasons. He's going today for the Nationals. I'm willing to rely on this Phillies offense. You can get over five plus 105 in this spot. I think that's a very, very good look. The Phillies team has gone had five or more runs in five of their last six games. The game they didn't get there. They had four runs. The offense is going right now. The bats are strong for Philadelphia. I think they keep the momentum going today. I think they beat up uh, they beat up on Patrick Corbin, and I think we're going to see over five runs for Philadelphia. So I'll take that at plus 105. The other game I did like early was the Blue Jays. They were laying a half run, minus 105 in the first five. That game's already started. Noah Syndergaard gave up three hits but no runs in the first inning, so it's still 0-0 sitting there. Right now you can play the Blue Jays minus a run at right around even money, minus 106, depending on what that looks like because the bottom of the first has already started. I still like the Blue Jays in that game. Noah Syndergaard is going to blow up at some point. And Alex Manoa has been significantly better since coming back from the minor leagues, giving up three or less earned in four of his last five starts. So I, I still like the Blue Jays minus one in-game if you can get a look at that. Yeah, Blue Jays in the thick of that AL wildcard race. Last night, Kevin Gossman with a nice little seven-inning uh, no-run performance there. So Gosman shutting out the Cleveland Guardians in Northeast Ohio. He is Mike Samich. Check him out over at Samobomb18 on Twitter. Professional handicapper. Mike, we appreciate the time as always, and best of luck with all the Thanks, bets coming Mike. up later tonight. Thanks, guys. Enjoy preseason tonight. Nice to kick this thing off. We will. Let's do, we're, yes, hey, sir. We're going to have way too much fun with the preseason tonight. And then tomorrow night, we have six games, six games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. We're off and running in the NFL. On the other side, Mike Palm, VP of Operations at the Circle Resort and Casino in studio here on the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIM Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our vsim.com slash picks page. Short picks by sport, matchup, event, date, and more. Check the top VSIM experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VSIM expert has the hot hand. For VSIM Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access, become a VSIM Pro subscriber today. Sign up today for only $19 for your first month at vsim.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. It's the Lombardi line. We're presented by Bet MGM. Femi Abebefe here in Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi out in the great state of New Jersey. But joining us right now, this is always a treat for us, the critically acclaimed Mike Palm, 
the VP of operations here at the Circle Resort and Casino. We're going to get to Palms Pressing 3 in about 15 minutes. But, Mike Palm, how we doing, man? Big weekend oh, here at gosh. Circa. Bet Bash is going on. There's a lot of lot, lot of gambling folks in, the, in, in town this week. There's a ton of gambling folks. Spanky's yeah. done a great job with the event this year. They're on a scavenger hunt right now. Oh, yeah? The first thing they have to do is produce a Tito ticket of 85 cents from Circa. So they got to figure out which machine they can play 15 cents on or $1.15 off $2 or... Some of them are going to the cage, wanting the cage to print out the vow. I mean, it's it, and then if they turn that in, then they get the next clue. But they had, uh, you know, they've had um, some uh, some get-togethers at Bar Canada. They had over 300 people there Tuesday night, close to 300 last night when I left. They they head out to Legacy after that. They did a uh, I say speed dating. It's a speed networking thing where they mm -hmm. talk to 15 different guys for four minutes. During the, you know, during the course of two hours, they have a couple breaks in between. They did that. They had uh, over 400 in the ballroom for that yesterday. Wow. Um, the panels tomorrow, I think, uh, highlight the event. Uh, three, three different panels. The, the first panel in the morning is uh, discussing college football. Mitch Moss uh, from Follow the Money moderating that. Um, second panel is called The Traders. Uh, Michael's good friend Gil uh, moderating that, and then there's a break. Then Spanky's going to do his live podcast. Okay, be better, betters, and it's a full one-hour interview with Billy Walters live in the the ballroom up there. And then the final panel is uh, called "Why Can't We All Just Get Along?" It's about <laughs> sports gambling in the world of Twitter. Uh, Sam Panianovich, who works for Nesson, uh, Wendy City Sam, formerly a Vison host, uh, is moderating that panel, and our own uh, Jeff Benson will be on that. <laughs> Why can't we just get along, Michael? Any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I'm anxious to look for it too. I wanted to, I wanted to change gears a little bit. I wanted the Mike Palms view. I love Matty Humans. He takes a lot of crap for it. He puts out his fast food list. What was your reaction to the fast food list that he had? And you're a Midwestern guy. Did you agree with his number one? So my mother loves loves Culver's. Um, I've eaten there a couple times. I can't argue with the. How can you argue with the guy? This is like it's good. arguing uh, with a guy that's got a book on brain surgery who's done the most brain surgery or heart lung transplants. There's no the guy can't be a bigger expert in the field. He's done all of it. I, I I know it takes him months to put this these lists together. They're very popular. He finished runner up at the Mitchies to no hyperbole last year with this segment. I know it's it's really unfair to him to have to be in that kind of grouping. Maybe they can make some sort of a food grouping for him. But I think the lists are great because you get people talking, you get people mm -hmm. discussing. Look, Mitch and Paul do a three-hour show five days a week, 12 segments. They have to have some lifestyle things in there, right? Some, yeah. some pop culture things. It, it can't just all be talking about the, the money you're going to lock up for a year with future bets. So uh, I think they do a great job. Matt's, Matt's quite a character himself. I'm looking forward in the fall lineup here coming up in a few weeks. The contest show is coming back. He announced uh, – Kelly in Vegas. Kelly Stewart's going to be in it this year. We'll find out who the 16 competitors are. Obviously, Chris Felica will be back. He's the defending champs. I know he wanted to mix it up a little bit, have a few different people in it, give them a shot at the at the money. Derek puts up the 25000 But that, that'll be exciting again on Friday nights here on VEASAN. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's one of the best things we do here at the network. It's awesome. And, it, you know, the college football gets you right into it. So uh, do you have a college football sleeper, Mike, this year? Do you have an over-under ticket that you really like? I know you're really good at college football. I like Air Force to make the Mountain West title game. They're going to be favored mm -hmm. in every game until they go to Boise, uh, the last game of the year. I think they make <laughs> that title game. I think Boise will be tested earlier. Obviously, their, their preseason before conference schedule is must-hover. But look at this Air Force schedule. 
They play all the difficult teams in Colorado Springs. I think they roll through there and, and they go into that game, uh, you know, 11 and 0. I think Boise will beat them twice in a row on the blue turf. But the, a bet, you have to go out and find it. Either you can bet them at $4 to win it and then, you know, get a middling position or a, a, a monetizing position in the game. But if you can just find it, a lot of books have to make a conference title game. Uh, and no divisions there this year. So I, I, li- I like Air Force to get there. I just think you got to look at that schedule. Yeah. no, I mean, that schedule looks like it's pretty advantageous. A nice setup for Air Force. I know JVT, he likes Fresno State to win the Mountain West this year. So maybe we get an Air Force-Fresno State matchup in the, in the Mountain West title game. Yeah, it's not bad. The second and third choices. Uh, Tedford's just been, been great, right? I mean, oh, yeah. he, he just takes the tail. I know he loses his best receiver and a pro-level quarterback. So... He's got to replace that. Uh, I think Boise gets better. They get deeper. That quarterback's a dual-threat quarterback. I, I like a team like that that's going to go out and play a tough schedule before they get into league play. I think it just it just makes them better for when they get in close games in conference play. We're hanging out with Mike Palm here, VP of Operations at the Circa Resort and Casino, breaking down all things betting, some college football. Is there any of the Power Five conferences that you're eyeing? I know you keep a close eye on the Big Ten. Uh, aside from all the conference realignment news that's happened with the Big Ten, with my now beloved Washington Huskies joining your conference there. But uh, who do you like in the Big Ten this year? Are you on the Wisconsin train, I guess is what I'm asking. I, I don't know. Everybody's old. You get a, a good quarterback finally at Wisconsin. How about at Iowa? They finally might have a decent quarterback, too. I'm not so sold on Wisconsin. I tell you something, Michael. I might be in the minority on this, but from a betting perspective, I like having divisions and conferences. I think it makes future betting a lot easier. Yeah. Um, I know conferences are going away from it, and they say, oh, the Big Ten East or the SEC East are so much better. Uh, It's not fair. But it's good competition on the other side. And like that West, you've got like four teams to choose from every year. year. It's always wide open every year. You know, and in yeah. Illinois is emerging, you know, and you got Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin are always in there. I kind of like that. I kind of like handicapping the SEC East where, you know, now but Georgia's so dominant. But handicapping a division where the teams are more mediocre, but you can find some value there instead of just the team you know is going to go 11-1 and or 12-0 and every year. Yeah, I, when I was at Michigan the other day, I was asking a bunch of the coaches, like, what do you, what do you, who's going to be good in the big 10, you know? And they're like, Hey, we think Minnesota's going to be good, you know? And they think Nebraska, who was a good team that just kind of just couldn't put it all together, thought they have a chance. I was surprised about Minnesota, but they, they felt like Minnesota will be a tough game. Well, there's another program in a little bit of turmoil with all the stuff coming out about Fleck. I bet him mm-hmm. last year. Um, it, it, didn't make it, right? I, I I just like the line. I think Fleck is, you could make the argument that he's the best in-game manager in college mm. football. He is really good at b- being able to control tempo and when he gets a lead, taking that whole play clock every time. And, and he's got a whole philosophy and he's good at it. Didn't get there. They had too many turnovers. A brutal loss to Purdue. Um, but but they'll be competitive in that mix as well. I, I just don't know. Georgia looks so good again. I mean, it's yeah. hard to come up with a national championship team uh, out of the top three. And, you know, I think Caleb Williams will just keep getting better uh, with Lincoln Riley. Unless he gets hurt, uh, I, I think he deserves to be a short favorite for the Heisman as well. Yeah, the, the national title market's like, it's damn near impossible. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, all right, well, I got to lock my money yeah. up on this team that's two to one <laughs> to win the title. And that's probably the team that's going to win it, the Georgia Bulldogs. Although, We've yet to see a team win it three straight years with this college football playoff format. So we'll see if anybody can get in front of Georgia in that one. Um, but I want to get to the NFL. 
because mm-hmm. we'll talk we'll talk some NFL as well on the other side with Palms pressing three. But is there any NFL storyline that's kind of grabbed your attention from a betting perspective to think, oh, maybe this brings up a valuable bet that I did not see beforehand? Well, just from reacting to what's happened at the book here, you know, when Peyton came out scorched earth about Hackett, we saw more positive Denver bets over the, the win total um, to make the playoffs at the plus price, thinking that he really believes his team is good. I know what he was doing. He's trying to take the onus off Russell. Yeah. Uh, but we saw some of that. Mitch and Paul asked me a question this morning on Follow the Money. How many teams can win the Super Bowl? I said, I don't know. To me, it's five. I mean, that's, really? that's five. I think the two in the NFC are so far above the 49ers and the Eagles. I don't know who's the third best team. I'm not sold on Dallas. Maybe you can make the argument, Seattle. But I'm down on the the AFC East, Michael. I, I can't get behind Miami because two is next hit could be his last. That's the problem there. I think Buffalo's window's closing. I was high on Cincinnati. They still can win it. A little concerned with the Burrow injury. I'll have a question about the Ravens for you in, in the next in the Palms pressing three. And then the Chiefs, but that that was my five. I said I would be surprised if one of those five didn't win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, you got to stay healthy. You got to have everything come in alignment, and your quarterback's got to play really well. I mean, your quarterback and your kicker have to be great. It's why Burrow and the Rams, they played the Rams that year. They went into Kansas City, won. The kicker was great, the quarterback was great. So I think all those things have to go. You got to have that in alignment. But, you know, one of the things about the NFL is we really, you don't know until November. I mean, you kind of have a sense, like, what happens if Cleveland, if, if Watson plays to the way he played two years ago, three years ago, and Cade York is really kicking the hell out of the ball, they could be it. They, you know, they have the ingredients. Look, I think there's two things. There's, there's what you said, there's about five teams that can go, but there's more that have the ingredients to go, whether they can or not, I'm not sure. Yeah, Dallas Cowboys being one of those teams. All right, Palms pressing three on the other side to wrap up the show. This is the Lombardi line. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. 
And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? You should. You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameCentral remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, this is the final segment of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe hanging out here in Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi out in New Jersey joining us not just for one segment, but for two segments in studio. Mike Palm, VP of Operations here at the Circa Resort and Casino. So without further ado, let's get to Palm's Pressing 3. A well-rested Pressing 3. Number one, Michael, <laughs> in the offseason, the Falcons had the opportunity to upgrade at the quarterback position. Derek Carr <clears throat> and Jimmy Garoppolo were both on the market. And it might not have taken much for Arthur Smith to reunite with Ryan Tannehill after the Titans traded up to get Will Levis. Yet Arthur Blank stood pat with Ritter, only replacing Marcus Mariota with Taylor Heineke. Is going all in on Dustin Ritter the right choice in a very winnable division? My answer to you is probably not. I, I think to me, watching him in the four games that he started last year, you know, New Orleans, Baltimore, Arizona, and Tampa. Now he beats Arizona and he beats Tampa. I mean, at the end of the year, Tampa didn't play for anything. But what we saw in those four games, Mike, was a very reluctant quarterback to throw the ball. He wanted it to be open. He wanted it to be college. Pro, the Saturday game, guys are wide open. The Sunday game, no one's open. You got to fit the ball in. And Ritter would not do that. And so as much as their offense with that six-back attack that Mariota was running gave them some, you know, average 4-9 a carry and they rushed for 17 touchdowns, it, it limited them in the passing game. And I think to me, they're going to need an ability to play from behind to be able to craft a passing, a drop-back pass game. And I don't think Ritter can do that. I think he's too inconsistent, too inaccurate. And more than anything, I think he's too worried about making a mistake. You know, it's interesting. We were talking about this game earlier in the show, the Falcons and the Panthers. That's the week one game down there in Atlanta. And at DraftKings, the line got way up to three and a half and actually just went back down to three right now about 10 minutes ago. So it sounds like there's just there's this love for Ritter that I don't really see it. If, if you're going to give me three and a half, and I hope it comes back eventually between now and kickoff, like I'm going to bet the Panthers at that number. I know our guy Sean King was down on Ritter for his last two years at Cincinnati. And I tend to put a lot of stock into King's evaluation of college quarterbacks. All right, question two, Michael. Here at the pressing three, we believe that the Ravens parting ways 
was the best offensive coordinator ever to come out of Holy Spirit of Seekin. Greg Roman foretold Lamar Jackson's exodus as well. However, the COVID kid is back. And interstage left, new offensive coordinator, Tom uh, Todd Munkin. Munkin's offenses between the hedges on Lake Erie and at Raymond James haven't exactly featured smallish dual-threat quarterbacks. What can Munkin do to improve the Ravens' offense short of stealing the triple option from his big brother at West Point? What I think he must do, he must be able to get Lamar under center and utilize play-action pass. And understand, and this is the most important thing, understand Lamar is best throwing the ball inside the numbers. Lamar is not an outside nine-route thrower. He's an over-route thrower. He's an inside thrower. That's why his MVP season, Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews were the leading receivers on the team. They want the ball in the middle of the field. For some reason, the Baltimore front office wants to create the mayors of Munchkinland, and they want to have these little receivers, which doesn't necessarily fit the quarterback. I think Munkin's got to be able to find a way to use that Holy Spirit running game, which is effective. Look, they average 5-2 a carry, you know, for whatever it is. And just for the record, so we know even though he missed all the games, Lamar was still the leading rusher of the Ravens last year. Mm. And so you got to figure out how do we utilize the some of the elements of that run game and how do we work the ball towards the middle of the field? They've got the great Odell Beckham. Zay Flowers is supposed to be the next great superstar in the NFL. I mean, Mark Andrews, likely the tight end. I mean, all the pieces are there if you read, if you believe what you read. I, I think Munkin's got a tough job ahead of him. I really do because the expectations for him are great. I've heard Action Jackson as a nickname for Lamar Jackson. I've not heard COVID kid. He said he had to read up about it after he got it the second time. I'll never get over that. The most ridiculous press yeah. conference I ever saw in my life. I'm going to have to read up about I mean, this. <laughs> Think about the job Moncton just to accept it. The Ravens ran the football last year for 2,700 yards and 27 and change. They only threw it for 32 and change. Hmm. Think about that. Moncton's There's specialty a 500 yard discrepancy. Yeah, Moncton's specialty group, he comes out as wide receivers, right? Before he becomes an OC. So, but what can you do with a wide receiver that a quarterback that can't get the ball to him? I also think Lamar has a hard time seeing when he turns to hand the ball off on play action. Well, you know that, it, but when you do play action, when you turn, there's a way to move him. Mm-hmm. The thing that makes him so effective is you've got to play him to run the ball all the time. You've got to be worried that he's going to take off. And if even if he fakes a handoff, even if he hands the ball off and he runs out to the other side, somebody's going to follow him out there. He's actually going to block somebody. So you got to find a way to keep that running game. That running game is, you know, that Holy Spirit attack was pretty good. Problem was there's no passing game. All right, Michael, question three. The unrepentant Amal Shaw and I used to have a segment on nuts slash odds on called Over or Out. The premise was to discuss whether a team would go over its market win total or would the coach be dismissed. Mm. To me, a prime candidate for this question is the Cleveland Browns. Their win total sits at nine and a half juice to the over or 10 juice to the under in the market. If the Browns don't win 10 games, is Kevin Stefanski out just three short years removed from his Coach of the Year award. I don't know how he keeps his job. There's nothing that that says the Browns shouldn't win. Really, there's. I mean, they're really. Let's just go through it. Their offensive line is one of the better lines in football, right? Amari Cooper. You may love him. You may hate him. He had nine touchdowns. He had a 15 yard average per catch. They've got a really good runner in Nick Chubb, the best running back in the league. The guy averaged five yards a carry. 
right? So they've got they got everything. And Joku, the tight end, you know, is really a good pass receiving tight end. They can do anything you want. Good player there. All right. So now defensively, they've added they've added Zadarius Smith on the outside. They've got a first round buffet of corners back there. They've got a bunch of players they've drafted defensively in the early rounds. I don't know why they can't be. Now, last year they couldn't stop the run. I know Jim Schwartz will stop the run. That's the one thing his scheme can do is stop the run. It's hard to run the ball against those wide nines with those two technique with those two four tech two two techniques inside. So it's challenging. So I there's no more excuses. Now, if he continues to go for it on his own 25 on fourth and inches, that's up to him. But Stefanski's got his got to make it. He's got to be able to show that he's got ten wins and make the playoffs because there's no excuse. Somebody else would win with this team. Yeah, and we know the owner Jimmy Haslam is not going to be waiting around much longer for them to start to get a result there. But here's a follow up for you though, Michael. I've been meaning to ask you this: Do you think Watson is a good fit in Stefanski's offense? Because you know Watson likes to yeah. be in shotgun and all that stuff. Stefanski more of an under center play action. Do you think they're a good fit? I think it's a perfect fit. I think it's ideal. I think it's what he needs to be in. Now, I think the other part of the equation is the Browns are a little bit like the 76ers. They're very, very analytical. They don't want to do practice. They're not going to challenge their team. I think sometimes where I, I miss on the Browns is I don't think they're mentally tough. I don't think they have that physicality, that toughness that you need to have. And it shows. And, and they gave away way too many games last year, starting with the second game of the year. Can you imagine going on, you know, at the end of the year, you didn't make the playoffs or you finished in last place in the North because you let the Jets come back with Joe Flacco at quarterback? You're down, you're up 13, and, and he leads a comeback back because you blow a coverage and you can't get a first down? I mean, seriously. Yeah. That game took a lot of people out of Survivor last year in week number two. Speaking of Survivor, uh, where are we at with the signups? 25-24 in Survivor, 1382 in millions. Our analytics department behind the sports book here <laughs> predicting over 10,000 Survivor entries, Michael. The guarantee is 8 million. Wow. And we have 2,400 right now? 2,500. Hey, I want to say something. I know your book's coming out soon about mm -hmm. the Hall of Fame and the, the trees, the coaching, all. I can't wait for it. I just want to say, I thought NBC and NFL Network – did a terrific job with the Hall of Fame ceremonies. One of the best ones I've in recent years, telling the stories during the games. Um, the DeMarcus Ware story with Parcells and yeah. Jerry Jones was tremendous. Zach Thomas, that interview when the lights were out, mm -hmm. moved a lot of people to tears. I just thought the coverage was great. Yeah, it's always good to visit that. You know, those players, they have more stories than, than they actually people know about. And I, hopefully my book will tell some of them as well. Football done right less than a month away. Make sure you get that wherever you get your books. That does it for this edition of the Lombardi Line. For Michael Lombardi, for Mike Palm, for our producer Elliot Bowman, and the entire crew behind the glass, we wish you all the best of luck. VEASAN Best Bets is coming up next here on the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.